You are listening to an audio sermon from Harvest Bible Chapel, York Region. For more information, visit harvestyorkregion.ca. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they will call his name Emmanuel. Therefore, the world is a mess. The needs are great, far greater than anything we could ever deal with, and therefore... The Lord himself is going to solve this problem. God himself is going to bring the solution. The Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, take note, the virgin shall conceive and, and bear a son. That's what we're going to talk about tonight. And bear a son, and you will call his name Emmanuel. Well, Merry Christmas, and uh, I hope you're all ready for what's going to happen later on tonight or tomorrow or whatever you find yourself doing in the next couple of days. I kind of find myself on Christmas Eve, I, when I get to this point, I'm in one of two places. It's, uh, I'm in deep trouble when we get home because there's so much more that still needs to be done. We'll be up most of the night, and we aren't going to bed. Um, that could be your story, or maybe everything's ready, and, and you're going home, and it's just going to be a relaxed evening, and then you're going to have a nice sleep, and if you have kids, you're going to be up so early in the morning, you won't know which way is up anyways, and it's Christmas Eve. It's Christmas Eve. But it was Christmas Eve in Bethlehem some 2,015 years ago. It was Christmas Eve. Mary and Joseph have made the trek all the way down from Nazareth, uh, uh, some 80 kilometers, um, which for us today is no big deal. That's like uh, not even here to bury, except they didn't have four-lane highways and toll roads, and uh, they walked or maybe rode on a donkey, and uh, she was nine months pregnant. And they get there and find out there's no room at the inn. I can't imagine how... Uh, Joseph must have felt um, with this uh, young lady at his side who's about to have a baby and there's no place to put her. And so they stay in a stable. It wasn't uncommon for people to sleep with their animals, but it was uncommon for babies to be born in that kind of situation. It's, it's Christmas Eve. It's Christmas Eve. But it didn't all start here. Uh, for God knew about this way before the foundation of the world. There was no surprise on Christmas Eve to God. And then in Genesis chapter 3, after the fall with Adam and Eve and fall into their sin, uh, God uh, lays out um, a Satan, as it were, in, in Genesis 3.15, and he uh, starts out by saying, um, you're going to bruise his heel, but he's going to bash your head. Uh, it's a picture of the defeat that will come in the reality that Jesus Christ will reign and he will rule. It's a picture of the gospel. And then all through the Old Testament, we have the law and, and the, the sacrifices and all the rest, which are all pointing and looking forward to a Jesus Christ coming. It's Christmas Eve. And Mary is about to deliver, and this young maiden, who was probably in her late teens, the Bible said, found favor with God. Uh, she was a young lady who loved the Lord and desired to walk according to his ways, um, it's Christmas Eve, and she's trying to put it all together. Um, it's Christmas Eve, and you're Joseph. You know, I wondered this week, and I asked a number of people in the office and a couple of guys I study with, and I asked them, when did Joseph find out that Mary was pregnant? Because it wasn't in Matthew chapter 1. In Matthew chapter 1, he already knew. And in Matthew chapter 1, he's thinking, I didn't have anything to do with this. I, I did not get her pregnant. 
I'm just going to divorce her privately. He wanted to be honorable as best he could and set things aside. And the Bible doesn't actually say how Joseph found out. But I have to imagine in some very uncomfortable conversation somewhere along the line, uh, Mary spoke to him and, and told him. And, uh, and he said, how can this be? And she said, uh, uh, you won't believe it, but it's from the Holy Spirit. And then in Matthew, he kind of gets the story straight. As he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. They will call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Jesus woke up from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and he took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name, he called his name Jesus. So back 700 years earlier, Isaiah says, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And bear a son. No man has any right to really speak to the topic of what it means to bear a son. Uh, until you've done it as a woman, uh, you really don't have much right to speak to it either. But uh, when you've gone through that period of time, when you've, you've gone through all that it means to have a child, you, you can speak with some authority to the topic. So I'm going to be very careful what I say about this because there's far more to this than just the physical. But I wondered about, you know, could I get all the ladies in the church who we know are, are pregnant and, and have them all stand up along here while I speak and, and just watch them while I speak and they're uncomfortable and... And I thought, well, that wouldn't be appropriate, so I'm not going to do that. I thought, well, let's get one of those pregnant suits and for a nine-month pregnancy and put it on a guy. And let him stand here for the 15 minutes that I preach. And just stand here. He can't sit down. He can't just watch him do all that stuff. And she will bear a son. She will bear a son. Obviously, there was the physical that went with that. All of those things that go with having a son. She bore all those things. Uh, she bore a son. Physically, she did. Emotionally, she did. All of the feelings that were going on, all of the struggles that were going on, all the changes that were going on in her body. It says, um, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. She faced the physical. She faced the emotional. Here, how about this one? She, she faced the social. She faced all the ridicule that went on for her. Uh, she had never known a man. She's claiming, I'm a virgin. In John 8, we saw last Sunday, the world was claiming that This was a dishonorable thing that happened. She shall bear a son. And for nine months and for many years after the ridicule that went along with, really? Really? And then there's the spiritual. She will bear a son. She's going to give birth to the Messiah, the Savior of the world. So when Isaiah said, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign, behold, the virgin shall conceive and, and bear a son, it meant a lot. It was pretty significant. And the baby is born on Christmas Day, or what we call Christmas Day now, and, and the shepherds who are out in the fields, they, they, uh, they meet with the choir and the spokesman, and, and they come down and, and they meet. The shepherds come and meet the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. 
and they worship him. Sometime later, probably up to two years later, the, the wise men come from the east and they bring their gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh and they lay them down at the baby's feet and they, and they worship him. They worship him. And Mary's left all through and in the scripture after the baby's born to, to ponder all these things, the Bible says, because she would bear a son. And one day she would bear the son and she watched him hang on a cross and die and all the rest of it and wonder how all this fits together. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin shall conceive and, and bear a son. So why does all this even matter? Like, so why are we here tonight? Why is this so significant for us? Two things I want to talk about. Here's the first one. Jesus Christ was the answer to what the world needed. Jesus answered the sin problem that was in the world. Adam and Eve and their sin and their failure and their falling, which passed down to all of us, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All of this was necessary because the world had a sin problem. I had a sin problem. I have a sin problem. You had a sin problem. You have a sin problem. And that is answered only in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ had to come because of what the world needed. We have a sin problem. Sin separated us from God. There's none righteous, no, not one. No man seeks after God. And we're separated from God. We are dead in our trespasses and sins, the Bible says in Ephesians 2. It says that he made us alive in Christ Jesus because, because we're dead. Because we're dead. Jesus Christ had to come because he is the answer to the sin problem. Sin had separated us from God. You know, we live in a world, and you hear it over and over and over again. And, and by the way, I don't believe it's um, Starbucks' job to be the gospel presenters in our world. Right? That's our job. That's our job. That was a little side note. wasn't in my notes. We're the light of the world. But here it goes. Leaving Christ out of Christmas, it's far more than political correctness. It is denying the solution to the sin problem that man has. You see, when you leave Christ out of Christmas, it's not about political correctness. When you leave Christ out of Christmas, you leave the answer to the sin problem out of our world and that's why Jesus Christ had to come, so that he could be the answer to the sin problem. So what the world needed was a Savior, and who God provided was Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That's what was cried out in the, in the Gospel of John. There he is, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. We've got this problem that we can't fix. We, we've got this separation from God that there's nothing we can do. We can't... And we try and we try and we try. We try and be good people. We try and do good things. And we hope that one day we could stand before God and it would all be all right. And it's not going to be all right because, because God's plan and God's expectation and God's requirement is no sin. God can't look on our sin. And our sin has to be taken away as far as the east is from the west. And we can't do anything about that. Only the finished work of Jesus Christ can do that. And that's why he had to come. He was the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And Mary watched all of this as she shall bear a son. The Bible uses a big word about our sin and Jesus Christ. It says that he is the propitiation for our sin. I've used that word before, uh, so let's understand what it means. The propitiation of our, for our sin means that 
What Jesus did, what Jesus did was the act that satisfies the demand of God. What Jesus did was the act that satisfied the demand of God. The bulls and goats and all the sacrifices couldn't save. Now, they were a picture of what Jesus Christ would come, would come and do. But Jesus Christ would come and be the complete satisfaction of what God demanded so that you and I could have eternal life. Now, she shall bear a son. He was the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And Mary watched as he was born and as he grew up. And then through his ministry and his preaching, she watched as they took him and then they hung him on a cross and then she saw her son dead and buried. But then she saw him risen. And the fulfillment of all that God had designed, all that God had planned, is accomplished in Jesus Christ the Lord. And he offers to us salvation and eternal life in a gift. I'm going to get some gifts tomorrow, I know, because um, I went upstairs while Sue wrapped some. <laughs> so that whole naughty and nice thing, I tip the scale to nice at least somewhat, and my children will give me gifts or they're going to be in deep trouble. <laughs> tomorrow we're going to have gifts, and they're going to be neat, and they're going to be a surprise, and we're going to love them or, or not, but um, they're going to be gifts. Uh, here's the deal, though. In our house, we're going to pass them out, and everybody will have gifts. And, but you still have to open the gift. You have to receive the gift. It's no good under the tree. It has to be received. And the gift that Jesus Christ offered in himself, the gift of salvation because of the finished work of Jesus Christ, it, it must be received. It's not received in a family. It's not received in a church. It's received individually as we come before God and determine what we will do with the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The Bible says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. See, we want to make it so complicated. We want to make it so hard. It's not difficult. It's simple. It's so simple. That's why we struggle with it so much. God loved us so much that he gave his son that whoever believes in him, receives the gift, will have everlasting life. If you're here tonight on Christmas Eve, this is what Christmas is about. It's about the gift of God's Son so that you can have life and you can have it abundantly. And all you have to do to receive it, to get it, is to receive it. Your good works won't stand up against God's standard, but Christ's work for you, it will. And hey, church, this is our opportunity to never forget what the Lord has done. She shall bear a son. And she watched him. She watched him as he developed. She watched him as he was born. She watched him as he grew up. She watched him as he died. She watched him as he rose again. She watched him, and he makes intercession for us before God. She bore a son. Well, so what? If you're visiting tonight, every time I preach, that's where we're coming to the close. So what? I wrote this line down. I don't know if anybody else ever wrote it down before. If they did, I didn't read it. But here's what I wrote. Because Mary bore a son, we don't have to bear our sin. Mary bore a son, so you don't have to bear your sin. 
Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. God with us, Emmanuel. Let's pray. Lord God, this is your word. We thank you for the truth of it. We thank you for the reality of the revelation of our Savior, Jesus Christ the Lord, the one who took us from our sinful estate and, Father, paid the price so we could have eternal life. God, I pray for anybody who's in the room tonight who's never put their trust in Christ. Lord, that tonight, tonight, God, would you bring them to the place of understanding who Jesus is and what he did and how he accomplished what he accomplished so that we could have life and we could have it abundantly. The Bible says every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess. Some will bow. They will bow the knee and the Lord will say, I don't know you. And we'll spend eternity separated from God in a place that is called hell because we reject the gift of Jesus Christ. And others, Father, in this room, many, many, many in this room will bow the knee and rejoice in worship saying that Jesus Christ is Lord. And Father, we will spend our eternity with you in a place that you go to prepare for us. So Lord, we rejoice in the reality that therefore the Lord himself, God, you yourself took care of our problem through the virgin birth of a woman who bare a son that we might have Emmanuel, God with us, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. We thank you for your amazing and awesome work. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.